This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Because of the following special program, Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk will not be presented this evening. For an entire generation, people have experienced Star Wars the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. This is where the fun begins. Chewing. We're home. Welcome to the Blue Milk Cafe. Grab an empty stool at the counter, order a cup of Jawa juice and a nice slice of Yogan fruit pie, and get ready, because we're about to talk all things Star Wars. Good morning, Mouse Espa, and welcome back into the cafe. This is episode 89. I am your host, Jeff, and on this weekend's episode, I'll be diving back into the opening sequences of each Star Wars movie. This weekend will be the final in that series because I am talking the sequels. I am talking Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. But before I do that, of course, I have my segments here at the top of the show to go over. So why don't we just jump right into my week in Gee. Harry Knowles. Harry who? Uh, Hello. This man is the ultimate fanboy. Eric. His website, Any Cool News, it's like every geek's homepage, man. My week in Geek this week started out with a brand new Netflix show I just found out about yesterday. It came up on my PlayStation 4 homepage there. As an advertisement it's called shadow and bone it looked really interesting to me so i went ahead and checked out a trailer for it and sure enough it is my type of show it's when these fantasy shows magic sorcery stuff like that that takes place in a really cool world so i can't wait to get back into watching it i've watched the first two episodes so far and i just got done watching the second episode actually and tell you the truth I can't wait to finish recording, editing, and uploading this podcast so I can just jump back into watching episode 3. It has me hooked. So Shadow and Bone, go check it out. If that sounds like it's maybe something up your alley, go give the trailer a watch and be your own judge. Because not all shows are for everyone. For example, Game of Thrones, not my cup of tea. Watched the trailer for it and said, nope, that's not for me. Plus, I don't have HBO, so that was an easy show for me to not watch. But anyway, like I said, go watch the trailer, see if it's something that you would be interested in, and give it a watch. And, of course, yesterday we had the season finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I believe it was a series finale, actually. I said season, but I think it's a series finale. And it was good. I was kind of disappointed that it had a shorter running time than last week's episode of an hour long. But hey... It was only eight minutes shorter, but 
It was awesome. We saw Sam as Captain America. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. If you haven't watched it, I'm sorry. I just spoiled it. But Sam shows up as Captain America. Cool new outfit. Love the outfit. Love his vibranium wings. And he has the shield now. So he is the new Captain America. I just love seeing that. And it did kind of end nice. And to tell you the truth, after watching this final episode, I have a little bit of sympathy for John Walker. Yes, I know I might get hate on that, but I do. He was doing good in this episode. He was helping Bucky and Sam. He helped, but unfortunately, I think he's going to be getting taken advantage of. We see it there towards the end. He comes out. He is going to be the U.S. agent. So I just feel so sorry for him because he's being manipulated just like Anakin Skywalker being manipulated. So I just feel bad for uh, John Walker right now. And I know many of you say, well, who cares? But hey, I feel something for him. But nevertheless, that was a great finale. And I really did enjoy it. And I'm looking forward to Loki later on this summer. And I'm looking forward to the Bad Batch, which comes out may 4th on star wars day so disney plus still has lots of great content coming at us and plenty of stuff for me to talk about for my weekend geek segment here so that was my weekend geek so now let's jump over to the star wars fun fact of the week it's a fact the star wars fun fact this week is deep roy is the only actor to hold the science fiction trifecta having appeared in Star Wars, Star Trek, and Doctor Who. He has also been in The X-Files, NeverEnding Story, and Transformers. And if some of you don't know who I'm talking about, Deep Roy was also in the retelling of Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. He was in the Johnny Depp, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. He played the Oompa Loompas. He was the Oompa Loompa guy, so that is who Deep Roy is. But I thought that was interesting when I saw that here for the Star Wars fun fact that he was the only one to have appeared in all three of those science fiction type series and I just thought that was really cool. So that was your Star Wars fun fact of the week and now I am going to take as always a short break here and after I get back from the break I will talk about the opening sequences of Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. Who are you? I'm no one. I was raised to do one thing. But I've got nothing to fight for. Nothing will stand in our way. I will finish what you started. There are stories about what happened. It's true. 
all of it. The dark side. A Jedi. Fight if we lead them. 
People keep telling me they know me. No one does. Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. Confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. And I am back. Now let's just jump right into talking about the opening sequences of Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker. Now, when I was putting my episode together, I noticed that the sequel trilogy opening sequences seem to be longer than the other two trilogies, at least in my opinion, because as you know, I like to play the opening sequences of each film here for you before I start talking about them. And as I was recording them, they seemed longer. So just to warn you right now, the last Jedi opening sequence is about 10 minutes long. And I even cut it about a minute or two short when I was recording it. So it's about 10 to 12 minutes long. So let's with that in mind, let's, start talking about the opening sequences of the sequel, starting with The Force Awakens. This will begin to make things right. 
I've traveled too far and seen too much to ignore the despair in the galaxy. Without the Jedi, there can be no balance in the Force. Well, because of you, now we have a chance. The General's been after this for a long time. The General? To me, she's royalty. <laughs> well, she certainly is that. We've got company. You have to hide. You have to leave. Go. Take this. It's safer with you than it is with me. You get as far away from here as you can. Do you hear me? I'll come back for you. You'll be all right. How old you've become. 
something far worse has happened to you. You know what I've come for. I know where you come from. Before you called yourself Kylo Ren. The map to Skywalker. We know you found it. And now you're going to give it to the First Order. The First Order rose from the dark side. You did not. I'll show you the dark side. You may try. But you cannot deny the truth. That is your family. You are so right. talks first you talk first I talk first the old man gave it to you it's just very hard to understand you with all the surgeon apparatus nothing sir put him on board so the villagers kill them all on oh, my command Now, the opening sequence of The Force Awakens starts out with that iconic shot of the moon of Jakku there. I'm assuming it's a moon of Jakku. And the Star Destroyer passing over it, or under it, or in front of it, however you want to say it. And then we see the troop carriers coming around the bow of the Star Destroyer heading down for the planet of Jakku. And then we see the classic shot we we meet bb8 right away he's rolling up he's the one that spots him and he starts to roll roll off to warn poe and then we meet poe poe is in laura laura santeca's hut there re retrieving a part of a map that would lead them to luke skywalker we find that out later and then well we found i think we find that out in the opening crawl and um of course, BB it rolls in, warns them, and then we have the battle of the Jakku village that happens. And by all appearances, one thing that jumped out to me the first time I saw the Force Awakens in this opening sequence is these stormtroopers are actually a little bit more precise with their shots. At least it seems so, because they were hitting some 
villagers there that were running. They were moving targets and they were hitting them. So I'm like, okay, so these stormtroopers have been trained up proper. So I was I was into it right away. And of course, in this opening sequence, we get the classic line from Poe, who talks first, you talk first, I talk first. We get that classic line. But before we get that, we get a scene, a shot in this opening sequence that freaked me out the first time I saw it because I don't think any of us saw a force power like this before where a force user stops a blaster bolt in midair and just holds it there, freezes it. And that just amazed the crap out of me. It shocked my nephew at the time as well. And I just thought it was really cool. And from that moment, I was like, I'm into this movie. I love this freaking movie. And of course, we we drag him up to Kylo. And that's where you get the famous, who talks first? You talk first, I talk first. Which I love, makes me laugh every time. And then towards the end of the opening sequence, we get a shot of Captain Phasma. We meet Captain Phasma. In my opinion... People always ask me, Jeff, you love everything Star Wars. You don't hate anything about Star Wars. It makes me sick you won't say a bad word about Star Wars. And I've explained why I don't like to talk bad about Star Wars. I've explained it to I was blue in the face, but I'll say it once again. I don't like to talk about things that I don't like because it makes me sad and upset. And I don't like to feel that way. I like to feel upbeat and positive. So I stick to the things I love. And yes, the things I love are most everything in star wars but i will go on record right now i've said it before actually on other podcasts that captain phasma was a disappointment who she was underutilized just like boba fett was underutilized in the original trilogy captain phasma was underutilized in the sequels i was disappointed with her character i loved her character she was cool and everything but they did not use her enough in my opinion i wanted to see more of her now, I like Gwendolyn Christie, but then again, the only scene, the only thing I've seen Gwendolyn Christie in is Star Wars. So I can't go by her past work because the only thing I've seen her is in is Star Wars. So she seemed like she was a great actress. I wanted to see more of Captain Phasma. I wanted to see more of that character. And unfortunately, we didn't. Ryan Johnson in The Last Jedi is the one that gave us the most Captain Phasma. Just think about that. So, but yeah, I wanted more Captain Phasma and we didn't get it, but we get a meter here in the opening sequence and it's just a tease saying, oh, look at this cool character. Can't wait to see more of her, which unfortunately we don't, but there you have it. There is basically the opening sequence of The Force Awakens was the entire battle of Jakku. Now we are going to move on to the opening sequence of The Last Jedi. evacuation. I 
at my orders from Supreme Leader Snoke himself. This is where we snuff out the Resistance once and for all. Tell Captain Kennedy to prime his Dreadnought, incinerate their base, destroy their transports, and obliterate their fleet. Resistance ship approaching. Guns and shields in attack mode. A single light fighter. Happy beats here, buddy. Come on. We pull crazier stuff than this. Just for the record, Commander Dameron, I'm with the droid on this one. Thank you for your support, General. Happy beats. Attention! This is Commander Poe Dameron of the Republic Fleet. I have an urgent communique for General Hux. Patch him through. This is General Hux of the First Order. The Republic is no more. Your fleet are rebel scum and war criminals. Tell your precious princess there will be no terms. There will be no surrender. Hi, I'm holding for General Hux. This is Hux. You and your friends are doomed. We will wipe your filth from the galaxy. Okay, I'll hold. Hello? Hello? Yep, I'm still here. Can you... can he hear me? Hugs? He can. With an H. Skinny guy. Kind of pasty. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Look, I can't hold forever. If you reach him, tell him Leia has an urgent message for him. I believe he's tooling with you, sir. About his mother. Open fire! BBA, punch it! <laughs> He's going for the Dreadnought. Ha! He's insane. Poe, 
Can I get your squad back here so we can get out of this place? No, General, we can do this! We have a chance to take out a dreadnought! These things are fleet killers! We can't let it get away! Disengage now, Commander. That is an order. That nervous expression off your face, 3PO. Oh, well, I will certainly try, General. Nervous. Let's go, BB-8! It's now or never! Bombers approaching. Of course they are. Bombers, keep that tight formation. Fighters, protect the bombers. It's not every day we get a shot at a dreadnought, so let's make this count. Copy that, Blue Leader. You get us there, we'll give it to them. Copy, we're on it. Fighters incoming. They've targeted the fleet because of priming sequence. Copy that. We're almost there. Bombardiers, begin your drop sequence. I've got a visual on the target. We're approaching the sweet spot. Bombs are armed.
Now, the opening scene of The Last Jedi is my favorite opening sequence of the entire sequel trilogy. This space battle was epic and awesome. I loved it. We open up with, of course, the iconic hand down. And, of course, the only hand up we have in the Skywalker saga, I believe, is um, Attack of the Clones, where it pans up. But we have the classic, anyway, pans down. And we see the resistance ships there in space. And then we just zoom right through those down to the surface of the car. And we see their escape or their evacuation. We see Carrie Fisher's daughter ordering the evacuation. She's still in the surface getting everybody out. And then they look up and they see the Star Destroyers arrive. And that's when they start to panic like, oh crap, we didn't get out of here quick enough. But of course, we get the Poe General Hux moment, which I know most people hate. And here we go again. I love this. I really did. It makes me laugh every time I, I watch it. I laughed this morning as I was recording this opening sequence for this podcast. I laughed my butt off because why? I think it's funny. I know most people say there's too much humor in Star Wars, but I say humor is needed in every genre of film if you don't have any humor at all i believe the film any film will fall flat so i do like the humor and it was just the right amount of humor at this moment in time in this movie to give a little levity and then we have the awesome scene of poe rushing the dreadnought taking out the service cannons and then you have the classic captain kennedy i love captain kennedy who doesn't love captain kennedy I wanted to see more of him. I'm kind of upset he got killed because, oh my goodness, I love the grumpy old general that, you know, wasn't taking any of Hux's crap. And then we jump over to the classic um, Poe basically hanging up the phone on Leia when Leia was trying to tell him to come back. He was like, no, this is a chance we have to take out a dreadnought. These things are fleet killers. Yes, Poe was right in that aspect because... They didn't know it at the time, but they already had the ability to track you through hyperspace. So if you guys would have ran, they would have found you and the Dreadnought would have taken you guys out. But they didn't know that at the time. And at the time, Leia was right in telling Poe to come back and don't risk, you know, the lives and our ships for taking out this one Dreadnought. But the chain of command thing... Poe decided to hang up on her and disobey orders and do it anyway. Yes, they took out a dreadnought, but they lost a lot of ships. And that's where I decided to stop the opening sequence of The Last Jedi because it was already over 10 minutes long when I was recording it. And so I stopped it right there when Leia was looking at the console to see and saw how many ships they lost. And yeah, that was a risk that Poe decided to take that I think could have maybe thought about a little bit more but like I said in the overall scheme of things I agree with Poe because they track you through hyperspace and they would have wasted you if they still had that dreadnought so there you go that was the opening sequence of The Last Jedi now let's move on to the opening sequence of The Rise of Skywalker
lost. Snoke trained you well. I killed Snoke. I'll kill you. My boy. I made Snoke. I have been every voice you have ever heard inside your head. Just the beginning. I will give you so much more. You'll die first. I have died before. The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. you give me everything a new empire Final order will soon be ready. It will be yours if you do as I ask. Kill the girl. End the Jedi. And become what your grandfather Vader could not. You will rule all the galaxy as the new Emperor. But beware, she is not who you think she is. Who is she? Now, The Rise of Skywalker may be my favorite of the trilogy movies. I just say it's my favorite because it's actually the one I've watched the most since they've all been available to watch. I must have watched Rise of Skywalker maybe over 50, 60 times already in various, you know, ways. I would have it on the background where I would actually be sitting and watching it. It's just my comfort movie of the sequels to go to, but the opening sequence of The Rise of Skywalker is most likely the shortest. It is also the darkest. It opens up with Kylo Ren. They're on the surface of Mustafar as we see Kylo Ren working his way through a burnt forest, fighting his way to get to where the Wayfinder sits. Yes, he was looking for the Wayfinder to find his way to Exegol, which is supposedly where Emperor Palpatine has set up shop with his, uh, I, I call him Sith scientists that we see walking around there at the beginning as well. But anyway, he, he gets the Wayfinder, he gets in his ship, and he navigates his way to Exegol. Exegol, excuse me. And he gets on Exegol, goes into the old Sith Temple, 
goes down into the Sith Temple and he starts walking as we hear Palpatine talking to him and revealing that he was every voice inside his head. He was the one that made Snoke. He's been behind everything so far. And as we see Kylo walk, we see him walking through this laboratory type place in the Sith Temple. We see some Snoke heads floating there in the tanks and these hooded I call him Sith scientists walking around working and as he's working his way through the lab all of a sudden he hears Palpatine's voice again and it sounds closer he turns around Palpatine's right there goes up to Papa Palp and points his lightsaber at him and threatens him and Palpatine begins to tell him hey I can give you a new empire I can give you the might of the final order which is a fleet of massive star destroyers with planet killing weapons aboard them and he said you would have everything you would have the command of the entire final order fleet and you would rule the galaxy but he wants him to kill the girl and the girl of course is right and he said be careful she is not who you think she is and of course at the end of the sequence he says who is she and that's how the sequence ends and we don't find out who she is until a little bit later. And spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this movie yet, she is Palpatine's granddaughter, which, in my opinion, I thought was awesome. I did not see that coming. I really did not. It blew my mind, and I didn't react to it like most fans reacted to it with venom and hatred. I reacted to it as, oh my god, I never thought of that. That was freaking awesome. But that's just me. And I understand why some people hated these set, this set of movies, the, the, the sequels. But hey, you know what? There is enough content in Star Wars that there is something for everyone. And if the sequels weren't your thing, fine. You don't have to watch them ever again. We're not forcing you as Star Wars fans to watch them. I am not a gatekeeper. As a matter of fact, I hate gatekeeping. And I hate people that do that gatekeeping i really hate it i really do we're if you don't want to watch me again don't watch me again you don't have to say your piece say your opinions on what you thought of the movies and then just drop it and move on with your life because i'm just getting tired of the constant attacks on the fans that love the sequels like me i've been attacked a couple times on twitter about liking the sequels i've been called stupid I've been told that I don't understand Star Wars. I've been told I wasn't a real fan. And to those, I say, yes, I am a real fan. Just because I like what I like and you don't, you didn't like that thing that I like. I'm not stupid. I'm not, not a real fan. I am a real fan. So that was the opening sequence of Rise of Skywalker and my two cents on gatekeeping and other stuff i'm sorry if i got a little preachy or heated there i tried to keep my emotions in check but i just needed to get that off my chest it's been weighing on me for the last couple weeks about that kind of stuff and i just need to get it off my chest so thank you for bearing with me while i got that off my chest hopefully i didn't lose any listeners because of it but those were my feelings on that kind of stuff that's why this podcast here is all about positivity and stuff that you love now after the 
outro of the show, get ready for the next installment of the New Hope radio drama, episode 8, Death Stars Transit. That will be played after the outro here this week. And don't forget to go over to the Red 5 Network and check out all the other great content that they have over there, all the other podcasts they have over there. They have Geek Podcasts, they have Star Wars Podcasts, they have everything for everybody. So go check them out over at red5.com. And don't forget, if you will, drop me some you know feedback wherever, whenever. You can do that on Twitter at that BMC pod. You can shoot me an email that BMC pod at gmail.com or you can call the voice line message in the description below. Just click the link and leave me a voicemail and I'll play it sometime here on the show. And like I said, don't forget at the after the outro episode eight death stars transit of the new hope radio drama. And as always until next time, I have spoken. Give the evacuation code signal. Thank you for stopping by the cafe. Life is all about passions. Thank you for lending me your ear while I shared all of mine. You can follow the Blue Milk Cafe on Twitter at that BMC Pod. You can follow the Facebook group, the BMC Pod. You can also email the Blue Milk Cafe, that BMC Pod at gmail.com. And remember, Blue Milk, it does a body good. Anyway. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Star Wars, based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Episode 8, Death Star's Transit. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there came a time of revolution, 
when rebels united to challenge a tyrannical empire. The Princess Leia Organa, an imperial senator from the planet Alderaan, is also a leader in the secret councils of the Rebel Alliance. But her most daring mission, to deliver the plans for the Empire's most awesome weapon, has failed. In a last desperate bid to get the information into Rebel hands before being captured, she has placed it in the memory banks of the astrodroid R2-D2. And though Princess Leia is unaware of it, R2 has come into the possession of Luke Skywalker and the veteran Jedi Knight, Ben Kenobi. Taken prisoner by Darth Vader, the Dark Lord of the Sith, Leia Organa is aboard a cruiser of the Imperial Starfleet en route to the Death Star, a stupendous space-going battle station. Navigator, estimated time of arrival at the Death Star. 15 minutes, sir. We're getting clearance to enter the outer defensive zones now. Carry on. Lord Vader? Yes, Captain. We're right on schedule, Lord Vader. Excellent. Lord Vader. Well, Commander. We have the prisoner outside, sir. What are your orders? Escort her in, Commander. Yes, sir. The prisoner will step forward. Commander, you needn't be so curt with my guest. Guest? I'm warning you, Commander. Vader. You and your men may post yourselves by the hatch. Yes, sir. And that will be all for now, Captain. As you wish, Lord Vader. You've overstepped yourself, Vader. Firing on my ship and taking me captive, the Imperial Senate will not no take this No longer presents any obstacle to me. You'd do better to worry about your own well-being, Princess Leia. You won't succeed, you know. You will never be able to crush the rebellion. I didn't have you brought here to listen to more of your pointless ranting, Your Highness. You're so upset that you haven't taken time to glance out of the main viewport at our destination. The Death Star. Quite right. Closer to completion than even your rebel agents estimated. I thought the sight of it might shock you into revealing that you knew of its existence. I'd heard vague rumors in the Imperial Senate, nothing more. You've proved nothing, Vader. You knew of the Death Star. You also intercepted the rebel message transmitting the technical design data for it. I'm offering you one last chance to tell me what you did with those plans. Once we've docked in that battle station, much harsher and more direct means will be used to question you. You wouldn't dare. You'll never get away with this. You think not? Look, Princess. Gaze upon the Death Star. The mightiest war machine that humankind has ever produced. It's... obscene. An obscene invention of twisted minds. See that great circular dish? That is the prime weapon. Mere Starfleet's pale by comparison. It has the power to destroy entire worlds. You're insane. You, the Emperor, the military? You've all gone mad. Don't be too preoccupied with the Death Star, Princess Leia. It is, after all, no more than a machine. But it is indicative of the might of the Empire. Strength that will inevitably crush your pitiful rebel alliance. Now let me ask you again. What have you done with the plans? I see you have no intention of cooperating. Very well, your fate is upon your own head. Rest assured that you will tell me what I wish to know. Commander. Lord Vader. Take her to her quarters. 
When we've docked at the Death Star, have her transferred to the detention levels there. Yes, Lord Vader. <laughs> You're about to find out what it means to defy the Empire, Your Highness. A lesson that will soon be learned by the whole galaxy. Staff meeting still scheduled to proceed on time, Admiral Muddy? As soon as the Grand Moff Tarkin arrives, General Tag, he's gone to the docking bay to greet Lord Vader in person. Vader. Has he recovered the stolen plans? I think not, General, but my sources inform me that he has taken a captive, the Princess Leia Organa. Leia Organa? Has Vader lost his mind? He's gone too far this time, Muddy. This dark lord of the Sith whom the Emperor has inflicted upon us will be our undoing. And we remain vulnerable until the Death Star is fully operational. You worry too much, Tag. You still don't seem to realize how much of a threat the Rebel Alliance is. It's not just that they're becoming better organized and acquiring more ships and better equipment. They're driven, don't you understand? They're fanatics. They may be dangerous to your Starfleet, but not to this battle station. The rebellion will continue to gain the tacit support of the Senate as long as they're. Ah. Governor Tarkin, Lord Vader. The Imperial Senate will no longer be of any concern to us. Lord Vader brings word that the Emperor has dissolved the Council permanently. The Senate dissolved? Hmm. The decree was carefully worded, of course, invoking the current emergency and the rebel violence. But the last remains of the old Republic have been swept away. But how will the Emperor maintain control, Governor Tarkin? Fear will keep the worlds of the Empire in line. Fear of this battle station. And what of the Rebellion? If the Rebels have a complete technical readout of the Death Star, it's possible, however unlikely, that they might find a weakness and exploit it. If it's destroyed or even severely damaged, our main deterrent power will be gone. The plans to which you refer will soon be back in our hands. That is beside the point. Any attack made by the Rebels against this battle station would be a useless gesture, no matter what technical data they've obtained. The Death Star is now the ultimate power in the universe. Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed. The ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the Force. Don't try to frighten us with your sorcerer's ways, Lord Vader. Your sad devotion to that ancient religion hasn't helped you conjure up the stolen data tapes or given you clairvoyance enough to find the rebels hidden for- Are you having difficulty breathing, Mortimer? Is your throat constricted as though some force were at work? I find your lack of faith disturbing, Marty. Enough of this. Vader, release him. As you wish, Governor. This bickering is pointless. Lord Vader will interrogate Princess Leia and provide us with the location of the Rebel Fortress by the time this station is operational. That should take no longer than two more work shifts. We will then be free to demonstrate our full power and crush the Rebellion with one swift stroke. I 
hope you find your quarters adequate, Princess Leia. Vader, I demand that I be released from this cell and given access to formal legal proceedings. Spare me your indignation, Your Highness. What's that, Vader? This machine? It is called an interrogation device. But there are those who call it other things. A torture robot. This violates every rule of law the in The law no gallery. longer applies to you. You're a rebel, and you've refused your one chance for mercy. And now, your highness, we shall discuss the location of your hidden rebel base. Vader, keep that away from me. The injection arm is primed. Now tell me, where is the rebel fortress? I don't know what you mean. So be it. No. No. Let go! You stop that! Hold still, you no. little fool! No. There is no escape! No! No! Ah! Ah! You can't! You... Your Highness, do you hear my voice? Princess Leia Organa, listen to my voice. Pay attention to my voice. That's right. You hear only my voice. Listen to it. Trust it. I am your friend. Yes. All your secrets are safe with me. You can trust me. I am a member of the Rebel Alliance, like you. We must know what you did with those tapes. Tapes? The technical plans for the Death Star. What did you do with them? Where are they? The Rebels need to know. Help us, Leia. No. We need them, Leia. What happened to those tapes? No. Where are they? I can't. You must. Can't. It's your duty. Duty? No. Yes. Your duty to our rebel alliance. Your obligation to Alderaan and to your father. Your father commands you to tell us. Yes. Don't you wish to please your father? Yes. Then tell me what you did with those plans. Say the words. But, your father but, orders you to tell us. Would... You try my patience. Tell me what was done with those plans. No. Listen to my voice. You are now in great pain. Excruciating pain. Pain. The universe of it. Your world is nothing but pain. Don't make it stop. Tell me what I wish to know. Tell me what I wish to know. Where are the plans? I can't tell. Your skin is a fire. You're burning. Your nerve endings are in flames. Your flesh is being torn apart. I will when you've told me where the plans are. You're dying in torment. Where are the Death Star plans? Where is the Rebel Fortress? There are only seconds left. Your heart is about to burst, and the breath of life is nearly gone. 
You must! Stop! You are no longer dying. No longer in pain. Your mind is a blank. You float without a thought or concern. Lord Vader, is anything wrong? No! Get out! Wait. Have a medical tech see to the prisoner. Make sure she suffered no serious damage. Have her fortified so that she can take another round of interrogation. Yes, Lord Vader. I shall be back soon. Yes, Motti. Death Star is now 100% functional. Including our prime weapon? Completely operational. This station can destroy any planet you care to select. <laughs> the entire Starfleet in pitched battle couldn't stop us. <laughs> you now have in your hand the power of life and death over every living thing in the galaxy. Life and death. Ultimate power. It rests with you now. And with the Emperor, of course. To be sure, Governor, that's what I meant. Only the Emperor is far from here. Actual command of the Death Star is yours. Yes. Lord Vader. Oh, I'm informed that the station is now fully operational. Yes, Vader, that's correct. We need only a word from the Governor to begin operations. In the service of the Emperor? Uh, quite so. In the service of the Empire. And the Emperor. He chose well when he selected you to oversee construction of the Death Star, Governor Tarkin. Lesser men might have harbored some foolish thought of betrayal. Ambition has been the downfall of many. Indeed. But the Emperor is assured of my loyalty. Is that not so, Motti? Implicitly, Governor Tarkin. Now, Vader, what of the Princess? She resisted the first interrogation session. Her innate willpower is formidable, and it has been augmented with certain physical and mental disciplines. No matter. I shall wear her down in time. But how can that slip of a girl defy you? It's ludicrous. I believe that she still holds hope that the stolen plans will eventually be delivered into rebel hands. Futile, of course, but it sustains her. But you've broken hardened, resolute men with relative ease. It is difficult to crush a prisoner's will until one has obliterated their hope. I think you're too easy with her, Vader. Put aside your mind drugs and tele-suggestions. There are old methods, tried and true ways of making a captive speak. Phantom pain is something against which she can defend herself. But against the real thing, her resistance will collapse. I think not. She is a member of the Royal House of Alderaan and of the Imperial Senate. She has had access to many family and governmental secrets. She has been specifically trained and prepared to withstand conventional questioning. I would have to apply levels of pain so high as to risk killing her. And what of it? She must be disposed of in time anyway. But the princess is my one lead to the rebels. 
I cannot chance losing her just yet. Well, you haven't much time, Lord Vader. With the Death Star completed, I must take vigorous action against the rebels as soon as possible. The Emperor expects great things of this battle station, and of me. Without the information that Leia Organa is protecting, your best efforts will be wasted. But I will demolish her defenses, rest assured. I've always found your methods needlessly elaborate, Vader. They are effective. Nevertheless, I am open to suggestions. That is wise. Stubbornness such as Princess Leia's can often be circumvented by applying threats to some third party. What do you propose? I think it's time we demonstrated the full power of the Death Star. I have it in mind to do so in a fashion that will be doubly useful. Admiral Motti? Sir? Tell your programmers to set a course for the Alderan system. With pleasure, Governor Tarkin. Lord Vader? You see, Vader, the third party we shall threaten is the entire population of her own planet. Alderaan is one of the foremost of the inner systems. The Emperor should be consulted. Do not think to challenge me. You're not confronting Tag or Motti now. The Emperor has given me a free hand in this affair. The decision is mine. And you will have your information that much sooner. Just so. I'm glad you agree. The Empire is vast, and even a weapon as magnificent as the Death Star can only be in one place at a time. A major part of this station's value is as a deterrent. We must prove to the galaxy that we are prepared to use it at the slightest provocation. If your plan serves our purpose, it will justify itself. The stability of the Empire is at stake. A planet is a small price to pay. solar system, Governor Tarkin, and assumed orbit around the planet. Make sure we're well out of range of the explosion. Is our prime weapon prepared? Primary ignition can proceed immediately upon your command, sir. Here is the prisoner. Governor Tarkin, I should have expected to find you holding Vader's leash. I recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board. Charming to the last. You don't know how hard I found it signing the order to terminate your life, Princess Leia. I'm surprised you had the courage to take the responsibility yourself. <laughs> Before your execution, I would like you to be my guest at a ceremony that will make this battle station operational. No star system will dare oppose the Emperor now. The more you tighten your grip, Tarkin, the more star systems will slip through your fingers. Not after we demonstrate the power of the Death Star. In a way, you have determined the choice of the first planet to be destroyed. And it is for that reason that I've had you brought here to the observation deck. Admiral Motti, have the view screens activated. At once, sir. Since you're reluctant to provide us with the location of the rebel base, Your Highness, I've chosen to test the Death Star's destructive powers on that lovely blue world you see on our view screens. Your home planet of Alderaan. But Alderaan is peaceful. We have no weapons. You can't possibly You'd do that. You prefer another target? A military target? Then name the system. No. I absolutely will... Please! I grow tired no. of asking this, so for the last time, where is the rebel base? Dantooine. They're on Dantooine. There, you see, Vader. She can be reasonable. Continue with the operation, Admiral Motti. You may fire when ready. What? You're far too trusting. 
Dantooine is too remote to make an effective demonstration. But don't worry, we shall deal with your rebel friends soon enough. Commencing primary ignition, Governor Tarkin. No. No, you can't do this. Targeting computer locked in? No. Please, no. Opponent energy signal. No, Tarkin, please. I beg you, in the name of mercy, please. Firing sequence. No. No. Help! Prime weapon is even more powerful than we'd calculated, Governor Tarkin. Indeed. Sensors indicate total destruction of the planet, Governor Tarkin. No, father. Oh, my poor, poor Alderaan. Return her to the detention level, Lord Vader. Oh, Tarkin. If ever there was a shred of humanity in you or these twisted creatures of yours, it's dead now. You're at war with life itself. You are enemies of the universe. Your empire is doomed. Take her away. You sent for me, Governor Tarkin? Yes, Vader. We should be receiving word from our scouting expedition very soon. Giving you your opportunity to... How did you put it? Extinguish the rebellion. Precisely. In the space of a single day, I will effectively eliminate all organized resistance to the Empire. Indeed. What are the search for the plans? I am convinced that the Princess sent them down to the planet Tatooine with a pair of droids. A short time ago, a starship made a highly illegal blast-off from Mos Eisley Spaceport on Tatooine after her crew exchanged fire with a squad of stormtroopers. The ship got through our blockade somehow and entered hyperspace evading pursuit. The droids in question were thought to be aboard her. And our stormtroopers were outfought? Our starfleet evaded? How is this possible? Whose ship was it? That is difficult to say. She had false identification markings and a forged registration. Moreover, she was an extremely fast and elusive vessel, probably piloted by one of the smugglers who congregate in that region. So, the traitors have joined hands with criminals, and once again, you failed to regain those plans. Our enemies are resourceful, but if you destroy the rebel base as you've resolved to do, the plans become a secondary concern. Is that not so? Yes. When we've wiped out the fortress on Dantooine, the matter will be virtually settled. Captain Tarkin, Fort Vader. Well, what is it, Motti? Our scout ships have reached Dantooine. They found the remains of a rebel base, but they estimate it's been deserted for some time. They're now conducting an extensive search of the solar systems. She lied. Leia Organa lied to us. I told you she would never consciously betray the rebellion. Then her life is forfeit. Motti, have the Princess Leia Organa terminated. Immediately. The Death Star is now a reality, capable of placing the entire galaxy within the Empire's grip. But on their way to the Alderaan system, unaware of the planet's destruction, are Luke Skywalker and his companions aboard the starship Millennium Falcon holding the galaxy's single hope for an end to Imperial tyranny.
Star Wars, Episode 8 by Brian Daly. Based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Featured in the cast were David Clennon as Mati, Keen Curtis as Tarkin, Brock Peters as Darth Vader, and Anne Sachs as Leia. The series was directed by John Madden, with sound mixing and post-production by Tom Vagley. Music by John Williams. Sound design for Lucasfilm by Ben Burt. Story editor for the series was Lindsay Smith. Casting and production coordination by Mel Saar. Executive producer was Richard Toskin. Executive producer for Lucasfilm was Carol Teitelman. Star Wars was presented by National Public Radio in association with KUSC-FM Los Angeles with the cooperation of Lucasfilm Limited.